Welcome to Are We There Yet? Transport into the Future. This is a series of programs that look at current issues and developments and what they mean for the transport we need, we want and what we can supply in the future. These programs are written and presented by David Brown. Privatisation is often promoted as a way to get better efficiencies from existing government organisations, and transport is no exception as, and in, is indeed at the forefront of the strong push to court private industry involvement. Has it been successful? Jeff Kennett privatised public transport in Victoria along with many other things when he was Premier from 1992 to 1999. Has it worked? Indeed, does he even think it has worked? Northern Metropolitan MP in the State Government for Victoria, Fiona Patton, has her doubts and she joins us on the line now. Fiona, thanks very much for your time. Oh, good morning. Now, you suggested that perhaps even Mr Kennett might not have been totally happy with the outcome? Well, it's interesting. It's certainly um, former Premier Kennett has, is, is now l- lamenting the decisions that he made in the well, in the last century now, that he thought that privatisation would be an effective, cheap way to run our public transport. But what has result, what has actually eventuated is that we're now paying billions of dollars to foreign companies to fairly ineffectively run our public transport. And uh, that, that, was not, that was not his dream when he looked at privatising public transport in Victoria, privatising the operation of public transport in Victoria. And in fact, we changed the V-line so the regional trains in Victoria were put back into, the pub, into public management after the private op- operators just could not manage to keep them, to maintain them or manage much at all. Indeed, it, it's often thought that if you privatise, you might be able to get rid of old habits and old mm. conditions, yet you're saying that they prove to be inefficient in their management style? Well, that's right, and I don't. I think it's actually been a lack of oversight from the government. So I think we've almost—it's almost like we've given it to the private operators to manage, and then turned out, and and the government's turned its back on it. So even the sort of the KPIs or the the basic um, requirements of the of the contracts to those private operators, those basic requirements aren't being met. So you know, you might um, be on a on a on a train to Altona but you'll end up in Werribee because they won't stop at train stations so that they can maintain an on time 83% on time um, record Uh, that that is not (laughs) that that doesn't work if you if you live in Altona Um, that sounds to be a little bit like they could run a wonderful system if it wasn't for people yes it's the customers that do get in the way that's certainly the case there was a lovely comment from quality management w edwards deming i think that said if you set one target people will meet that target no matter what the cost to the company i think you're saying that they may have set a, a, a kpi or two but if you focus purely on that you're not giving an overall good result for the customer no, that's right. And I think what surprised me when I started to look into this is that um, those performance um, indicators are actually self-assessed. Yeah. So it, the government doesn't even provide oversight. We, we ask Metro Trains, which is um, a, a Hong Kong-owned company, Hong Kong government-owned company. So um, it, is, it is government-run, just not by ours. <laughs> but we, we ask them 
you know, to get their bonuses and incentives for keep, keeping up with those performances, how'd you go? And they say, oh, yes, we did very well. And we say, well, that's great. And we write them a check. Uh, <laughs> I certainly think that um, we, um, that, you know, we can, we can do so much better. And, you know, when we look at our return, I think Victoria's public transport, we get about a 24% return on, on fares. That's not a lot. No, it's it's seriously not a lot, and I I think we do the worst out of every out of any state in Australia, and we're the only state that has privatised the management of our public transport. From in my understanding, the issue is that quite often we're so keen to give it away, and we think it's mm-hmm. such a difficult thing that we often write conditions into the contract which. Well, we don't write enough conditions in. We often That's make right. it so, uh, uh, well, so easy or so desirable to give it away. It's like a fire sale. I think that, you know, governments have to, you know, almost have faith in themselves that, yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can um, manage, our, manage our public transport. And, yes, we can do it as well as a foreign company that is actually owned. So I think Yarra Trams is owned by the French government, part owned and metro trains is owned by hong kong government so why we're thinking that foreign governments can manage our tra- our public transport system better than we can ourselves i think really needs to be reviewed the other issue is that if you have a purely financial yes performance measure then you are you are overlooking what might be other issues such as equity and you know the land use uh, planning and, and and results what you really want the city to look like that's right and i think you know there's this funny thing that um privatization brings in competition but in actual fact we've just given a private company a monopoly which doesn't help us with equity it doesn't help us with growing and doing what is right for the community they don't need to keep the customers happy uh they, you know, they have some fairly low performance indicators, but they don't need to keep the, cu- the customers happy, and largely they're not. And customers happy is more than just uh, making people feel good about it. It's also achieving mm-hmm. what you want to do with the city. Now, the other thing is, I believe there's a bill coming up in government to cr- try and bring together the various silos that we know exist in providing the different aspects of transport. Yeah, that's absolutely correct, David. And I think this is um, this is a very sensible sensible decision to to put to bring in all of our transport departments under one umbrella. And I think that certainly, well, I would hope that that results in better decisions. And as we were talking about um, offline, the notion of using the corridor. So as we're building these these big roads, that we're we're looking at effective public transport um, opportunities while we're do, spending that money on the development of roads, for example. This whole silo mentality has been talked about for years. I think even Yes, yes Minister had a, <laughs> a episode on that, which is true, that we, we, we really tend to then think about the supply side, don't we? If I work in the roads 
department, so I tend to think that's good. Although I did hear someone from Vic Roads the other day saying, you know, we really do have to have a broader opinion. It, it's to everyone's benefit if less people drive in congested times. So they, they, I think, started to have a much broader view, perhaps within the departments they have, but... Do you think we've gone far enough in the political arena? No, I don't. And I, and I certainly, um, no, I don't think that. And when you look at also regional versus urban issues as well. Hmm. So, you know, certainly um, Victoria, some of our regional roads, really, really appalling. 36% of the growth, population growth in Australia is happening in Victoria. We cannot keep keep all of those people in Melbourne CBD. We need to be expanding out to our regional areas and it makes economic sense and it makes environmental sense and it makes sense on every level to start developing Victoria regionally. But we can't do that without good roads and rail. And hopefully by by bringing all of this in under one roof, we can start thinking about this in a much uh, more logical way. I think there's uh, also a need, of course, to be not just, and I'm an engineer, but not just engineering Mm. of what we can build, but why we have to build it and the land use and the transport planning should come together. You've also uh, talked about getting good technical uh, and that advice. I think you've talked about Monash University and other places that are doing good research. We need to make more use of those organisations. Well, that's exactly right. And so what I'm suggesting to government is that they create an expert panel that does take advantage of the great work that our universities are doing in this area and rather than those, you know, going into dusty libraries in in universities or being read once, that that research, that knowledge, that expertise um, is used by our governments to create better systems. And I think we've got this wonderful, we've got these wonderful resources with all these experts and we should be um, taking advantage of that. And I would hope that that this this notion will be, um, will be welcomed by the government. But... (laughs) Uh, we'll yet to see. <laughs> well, part of the problem is governments are actually de-skilling in one ways and only putting in project managers that if yeah. you let private industry propose ideas, be it roads or rail, then all you really need to do is project manage that. I think that is a great concern. Now, I have no problem with it. Yes. A number of large organisations, private organisations, doing their work and making proposals. But there's got to be a government oversight that has more than a financial bottom line. When we're handing out so much of our um, our infrastructure to private companies, as you say, you know, so for example, people like Transurban or Toll or, hmm. um, or Macquarie Bank, we do need to have an oversight and we do need to have some fierce and fearless advice. Uh, which I think has sadly been lacking, and um, you know certainly Premier Premier Kennett uh, was 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 one of the leaders in in knocking that out of the public service, and I I think we have miss, we are missing that in the public service, and now to start introducing expert panels, I think would be an, an excellent way of bringing back that independent thought. Again, expert panels can be fundamentalists from various sides of the transport debate. We have to be a little cautious of that, don't we? Well, that's right, and I think this is why we're saying a panel. So rather than rather than an individual, if you if you can get if you can get Monash, if you 
if you can get um, Latrobe, if you can look at it from a variety of perspectives. And, and sometimes, I mean, it's, so it's engineers, it's urban planners, and it is, and it is those people who have, who have an expert knowledge of transport systems. Fiona, it's lovely to talk to you. Uh, more power to those thoughts. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. And that's the Northern Metropolitan MP for the Victorian State Government, Fiona Patton, talking about uh, transport, both in how we manage the system, but also how we might have a much broader, more constructive way of looking at what our needs are and what the solutions should be. Are we there yet? Transport into the Future is produced by Driven Media. Driven Media specialise in communicating technical and scientific information to professionals and the public and also facilitates planning and behaviour change in groups and organisations. You can send comments or suggestions to feedback at drivenmedia.com.au. All the participants have agreed to the recording and distributing of their comments.